The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. Hello guys and welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Gooding, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the font of positivity himself. It's only independent wrestling's Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how the devil are you, good sir? Oh, fantastic, brother. Wow, what an intro, my friend. You really outdid yourself with that one, sir. I greatly appreciate your kind words, as always. Always great to hear from you. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, Mr. Goodwin. We had some uh, celebrations this past weekend in the uh, Stardom Cast universe. Did we not, sir? Um, uh, I don't know. Did we? <laughs> you had a birthday? Oh, right. yes. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you meant my I thought you meant my birthday. I was like, that doesn't sound like, no, I'm sure my birthday's in April. Uh, yes, yes, it was my significant other's birthday um, on the Saturday. So uh, we went out to a place called Go Ape, which I don't know if this is a global thing or if it's just in Britain, um, but it's sort of like a um, like a high ropes course. You know, you're strapped in and you're like, you know, climbing on huge platforms and going down zip wires and stuff. So we had a really, really good time when there with a couple of friends. Um, and yeah, she uh, she thoroughly enjoyed the day, um, was massively exhausted because we're both really old now. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was a lovely weekend. Well done for remembering. Absolutely. Well, your uh, your girlfriend's birthday is the same day as my sister's birthday. So um, that's how I remember that one, sir. And uh, not only that, it is the day after my wedding anniversary. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of celebration between me and you this past weekend, brother. There really was. And did you treat Amber to anything in particular? Of course. First of all, I mean, she's married to me. How much better can it get? No, I'm not. <laughs> that, I'm not that big. Yeah, we actually started um, our, again. Our anniversary was on Friday, the 16th. So we started on Tuesday, Tuesday night. We went to go see the Flash movie which I know has gotten mixed reviews uh, to the shock of absolutely nobody. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. There was a lot of uh, old school DC um, cameos in the movie, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, So that was nice. And then uh, Friday, we kind of just spent the day together and then went for a nice dinner. And Saturday was kind of, it was basically like a three-day, you know, three-day thing. And then Saturday, we kind of just relaxed and again, you know, spent the day together. She, My wife's a phenomenal cook. 
So she uh, made breakfast, lunch, and dinner for us at home on Saturday. And then Sunday was Father's Day, which was nice. So it was, uh, yeah, it was. A, it sounds like me and you both had a busy yet nice and fulfilling uh, weekend. Absolutely. Sounds lovely. And obviously we didn't speak last week because I was rushing around for said birthday. Um, because believe it or not, people that supply bike racks don't understand the importance of stardom podcasts. Who'd have realized? Um, and the only time that they could actually I could actually get it delivered or go and get it or whatever was um, was Wednesday when we record. So uh, apologies for missing that. But uh, yeah, we haven't really spoken since you went on your jollies to go and watch Spark Joshi um, or since we officially, um, our episode on Talk is Jericho officially dropped. So uh, yeah, we are, we were on Talk is Jericho. Yeah, I did make a little mention of it uh, last week and how it all came about, but I'm glad you brought it up, sir. So I want to hear, um, there's actually, again, I, I made mention to it last week how it all came about, but there was two stories that I held back because I wanted to tell you on air, on the podcast, just to get your reaction. Before I tell those other two stories, Rob, so how how did everything go on your end and how'd you find out? And just, just I guess, tell your side of the story since I uh, I basically said my piece last week. Is this sorry? I'm eating uh, blueberries and yogurt. So, uh, is this in terms of when I found out that we were going to be on the podcast? Yeah, stuff like that, and your general reaction, the reaction basically from uh, you know your friends and family that you told. So we, um, it was straight after All Star Grand Queendom, I believe, and uh, I remember you texting me. Obviously, there was significant buzz around the promotion. You said. Uh, I'm going to email Jericho and see if he'll, you know, see if we can go on his podcast. And I believe I laughed, but I could be wrong. Um, yes, you did. Obviously, me being the, uh, and you're a very positive person, but me, you know, I'm basically like, well, if you don't ask, the answer's always no. So Exactly. I did feel like it was somewhat of a wasted email. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, again, adopting that mantra of you can only uh, get what you ask for. So sort of send that and uh, didn't really think anything else of it. And then it was in within like two weeks. Not only had they replied and said they wanted us on, but we got a recording booked in and we'd done it, um, which was utterly crazy. Um, I told my brother, who was a WWE fan, WWF fan in the early naughty sort of ruthless aggression and attitude era. Um, so he knew who Chris Jericho was and understood, you know, that it was quite a big deal for us, has no interest in what I'm doing now, no interest whatsoever, which is fine, because I have no interest in him whatsoever. Um, I'm only joking. Um, but he was he's listened to the episode, uh, which was nice, said, you are so stoke to me, because apparently I sound really stoke when I talk. Uh, he said, Jericho sounds really Hollywood, which doesn't surprise me. Um, my girlfriend, I don't know why I keep calling her my girlfriend. Everyone knows her name is Kirsty. I don't know why I insist on calling her my girlfriend, but Kirsty um, was super supportive, actually. She went out and she bought me Chris Jericho's pot vinyl, which I thought was really sweet. Um, and yeah, she listened to it. Again, doesn't really know or care about wrestling, but uh, even she knew that... Uh, it was an exciting moment. I believe her exact words were, I will be excited if this person has a pop vinyl because apparently that is the threshold of what <laughs> makes a famous person if they have a Funko Pop. And then obviously he did. So uh, Kirsty got progressively more excited and we we talked. Kirsty said, uh, oh, you sound like uh, you sound like you know what you're talking about. I was like, I could be talking absolute nonsense and you wouldn't know though. Um, but yeah, 
it was one of those where it was a little bit of a blur when it happened. Um, but yeah, it's been really, really nice reactions, really positive reactions from uh, from ev- everyone, really, that's, uh, that's listened to the episode. Um, yeah, very humbling and uh, weird to be talking to Chris Jericho about stardom. Yeah, I noticed the, because uh, I, t- I run the, uh, the Stardom Cast Facebook page, and I think within five or six days, we were up something like 580%. So I was like, okay, clearly the uh, clearly that has helped. But yeah, again, I I did kind of tell you know uh, my piece last week. But again, the two stories that I wanted to share with you because I think it would just get a huge pop out of you is um, story number one, Rob. You're not going to believe this. Obviously, I would not lie to you or lie to your listeners. Before I opened up the email uh, from Chris's producer, I was in a really really bad mood, which is very rare for me. That seems seems highly unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I tell you the reason why I was in a bad mood, that you're going to even think that's even highly unlikely as well. You're you're probably thinking, how the heck was Matt in a bad mood? Obviously, once I opened the email, I I went back to happy-go-lucky, you know, me. The reason why I was in a bad mood is because I was yelling at my daughter, which in 18 years of her existence on this planet, I can probably count onto two hands. One, she really doesn't give me a whole lot of grief. And two, I'm not a yeller. I'm not a yeller at all. I think it has something to do with the fact that Amber and I received an email from the school that day that Lily never turned in her uh, her packet to get size for her cap and gown for graduation. And uh, they they sent them home over two weeks ago, and the packet sat in her book bag for two weeks. And if she didn't return it in the next 24 hours, that when she graduated, she would not be graduating in a cap and gown. So I was like, okay, clearly, like, if you would open your book bag once in the last two weeks, all you had to do is hand that to us. Like, it was something that we would have done. So obviously, that completely, you know, uh, completely 180. I mean, I did, and I don't know if I told, I did say this on the podcast last, last week, and I apologize if I'm, um, you know, repeating myself. And I'm not sure if I told you this, either text message or are talking but when and this is no and i said this last week this is no joke this is literally out of a movie when i opened up the email rob i was watching AEW, and chris jericho was coming down to the ring and judas was playing there not you go. even not even joking not even joking i was like how about that i was like how about that but that was so the other story is my daughter is a massive fozzy fan she watches a little wrestling here and there she does go to a lot of my independent shows she likes going to the smaller shows but she's a massive Fozzie fan. Um, so when I told her I was going to be on Talk is Jericho, she's like, is there any way that when the show's over, I can say hi to Chris? I said, I don't know. I'm not sure if I can do that. I said, but, you know, we shall see what happens. So as you know, Rob, you were on the podcast. As soon as it ended, Chris was like, hey, guys, that was great. Thank you very much. And then he cut off. Right. He's a busy guy. No problem. So I'm on cloud nine, right? I'm like, oh, man, we just did this awesome interview with Jericho. Rob hit it out of the park. He's going to be a... He's going to be a big superstar. I thought I did very well. This is going to this is going to be great. This was terrific. I opened up the door to go downstairs, and as soon as I opened the door, Lily was waiting there. Her eyes got as big as saucers. She's like, "Can I go and say hi to Chris now?" And I was like, "I literally, my heart just dropped." Oh, I was like, no. "Sweetheart, I am so sorry." I'm like, "Sweetheart, I am so sorry." I was like, "They signed off, and that was it." She's like, "Oh, I was just sitting here waiting for the last forty minutes for you to call me in." <laughs> Amazing. Poor Lily. Yeah. I probably sound like a terrible dad to our new listeners. Like, what a jerk Matt is. <laughs> honestly, can you... Oh, poor Lily. I mean, Chris, if you're listening, <laughs> honestly, come on. Do a, do a man a solid. I will say this, though. Um, on Fozzie's concert, they do um, two different tiers of VIPs. Um, and my brother, actually, for my birthday six years ago, 
got me the uh well there's a new tier of vip but the one vip was you go like two hours early and uh, you do a meet and greet with chris and you know the entire band of fozzy and they do basically a sound check and they play like a mini concert well what they're doing now is a new tier of vip where you can jam out with fozzy and i'm not just saying this because she's my daughter but lily has a really beautiful singing voice so what i'm going to do is as a uh, as a make good if they ever come back to this area again which they do quite a bit um, I'm gonna get her the uh, the double VIP so she can sing Judas with Chris Jericho. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is this is this just because you sounded like a terrible dad earlier? I would do it anyway, but the fact that I was like, I felt so terrible for for it. I was like, you know what? That that that'll be a make good. And again, I know we have a bunch of new listeners to the show. Um, I probably had about a dozen people in the past two or three days just say, hey, you know, I heard about you guys on Talk is Jericho. I absolutely love the show. So I don't want to come off, Rob. You've known me a year and a half. And anybody that uh, has listened to a handful of episodes, you know, I pride myself on many things. But the two is being a good dad and a good husband. So I don't want to come off as like, wow, this guy's a jerk of a dad. No, trust me, I'm not. I don't pat myself on the back on, on much. But I, I, that's, you know, I take a great, great deal in pride of being a really, really good father. So, yeah, that is going to be 100% my make good. And I probably would have done it anyway. I probably would have done it anyway. It goes some way to what I think of you. And th- that's an ominous way to start a sentence. Um <laughs> It goes some way to what I know about you, that when you said I was in a foul mood, that the first thing I thought about was, did Stardom have a show that day and Tam lost? Did Tam eat a pinfall? Was that why Matt was in a foul mood? Um, but Folks, no. Rob Goodwin knows me very well. <laughs> <laughs> It'll look really good on that tattoo you're going to get during Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> um, but before we dive into all of the stardom bits and a little bit of news. It's been a relatively slow news week in the world of stardom. Um, Matt, what is coming up on patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast for our wonderful patrons? Well, Rob, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, my friend. First of all, do you like Sayakamitani matches? I am a big fan of Sayakamitani matches, Matt. Do you like Himika matches? I am a huge fan of Himika matches. Do you like really good Wonder of Stardom Championship matches? Eh, no, of course I do. Of course I do. <laughs> Who doesn't? Do you like when wrestling commentators just randomly drop Led Zeppelin references into their commentary? I forgot we'd done that. <laughs> well then, Rob Go. Well then, Rob Go. When the match that we've just released this past week, Sai Kamatani defending the Wonder of Stardom Championship uh, versus Himika for alternate commentary, that is the match for you. Um, as always, an absolute blast uh, doing that with you, my friend. So that just dropped this past week. What's coming up next week is uh, Mike and Himika, my Hemi, defending the uh, Goddess of Stardom Championship against Julia and Shuri uh, ALK from uh, April 4th, uh, 2021. Uh, we actually just recorded that yesterday as this recording. So that'll be in your feeds um, Monday and Tuesday for the Patreon members. It is recorded in the can to go. Um, it'll probably be up in your feeds in about a week or so. Would be the Artists of Stardom Championship run from the Uedo Tai team of Saki Kashima, Momo Watanabe, and Starlight Kid. And I did watch all these matches because they all took place in 2022. So I did watch them you know, live when they happened on pay-per-view or when they got uploaded to Stardom World. But for me to go back and watch those matches, Rob, I got to say, even though they've only had uh, five successful title defenses and with like 215 days, something like that as champions, as far as match quality goes, I don't know if there's better artists of stardom champions than those three. Uh, absolutely fantastic time with that. 
And then um, at, by the end of the month, we will have the Aja Kong versus Bull Nakano cage match. And as well as our weekly What If episode. What if Tony Khan asked Matt and Rob to book Forbidden Door, where we will be booking um, six, six matches, correct, Rob? Six matches. They can be singles. They can be uh, six-woman tags. They can be multi-womans. They can be gauntlet matches. It does not matter. Yeah, so that those should be in your feed, hopefully, by the end of the month. I say that, fingers crossed, because Rob is going on vacation next uh, next week. So if something bleeds over into the month of July, we apologize, folks. We promise it'll it'll be up in the feeds. We give you more than your money's worth on the uh, the Patreon. So, um, so with that being said, Rob, would you like to discuss what we have coming up for the month of July for our fantastic members of the Patreon? Of course. Sounds like a fantastic idea. Absolutely, sir. So we are doing, we're going back to themes these next few months. So in the month of July, it is what we consider the most wonderful time of the year. It is five-star time. I can't believe the five-star is only a handful of weeks away. Super excited. Um, so we're doing a five-star Grand Prix theme. Um, the um, bi-weekly podcast, by the time you listen to this, the poll will be up on my Twitter. And as always, if you want to vote off Twitter, you can always just send me a DM or an email. So the top two, whatever uh, gets the most votes, will be picked. So I will be reviewing two of the following four um, uh, five-star Grand Prix wins. Mayu's 2018 win, Utami's 2020 win, Sherry's 2021 win, and or Julia's 2022 win. So those will be your four options. Again, Mayu's win, Utami's win, Sherry's win, and Julia's win. Now, to some of our new listeners of the podcast or some of the new members on Patreon, you might be saying, wait a minute, Rob. Our, yeah, Rob, Drew, our <laughs> Matt. Jeez, I'm all over the place today. Uh, wait a minute here, Matt. I want Tony Storm's 2017. Or what about Hanukkah Moore's 2019? Folks, those won the poll last year, so they're already up on your feed. So there you go. So if you're new to the Patreon or just subscribe and those are um, something that you guys want to hear, they're already up on your feed. So uh Again, by the time that this podcast drops, they'll be up on the uh, the poll over on Twitter. Also, for the alternate commentary, we're going to be doing four um, five-star matches. And Rob, would you like to tell the listeners the two matches that you picked, sir? I will. Um, and I'm definitely not stalling for time because I've forgotten what they are. Um, no, I'm not really. I know what they I, are. So- <laughs> I know what they are because literally, literally when Rob told me the matches he picked, I'm like, those are the same matches that I picked. <laughs> Yeah, you of all the five stars, this this I mean it's been running since what, twenty twelve? Um twenty eleven, in fact. No, twenty twelve. Twenty twelve, I think. Um yeah, to uh, to pick the same two matches is quite impressive. But um I've gone for um Hazuki versus Julia from night one of the twenty twenty two five star Grand Prix. Fant- <clears throat> fantastic matches. Um sorry, fantastic match. And as I said on the Patreon recording yesterday, sorry i've got nuts in my throat um really does give birth to the whole no days off hazuki Uh, this is when we sort of saw hazuki put her foot to the floor and hasn't taken it off since um and then we are going back to 2021 um, and we are going to the final now. Yutami Haishista versus Tam Nakano from Blue Stars Block. And there's a very simple reason for this. One, well, two, I suppose. One, it's a fantastic match. Um, and secondly, 
it's a match that sometimes gets buried in the avalanche of outstanding matches on the final night. So uh, it's going to be nice. It's going to be fun to uh, to revisit that and uh, what was a really big win for Tam. Yeah, not only that, but there's a very good chance that Tam versus Utami might be the main event of Dream Queendom at the end of the year. Tam is still champion, and if Utami wins the five-star, which those two things are very, very likely. So uh, might have been, you might have done a precursor there, good sir. So, uh, yes, when Rob texts me those two matches, I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Those are the two matches that I picked. But not a problem. I can definitely take about three seconds to figure out what other two matches that I want. Um, one of my matches, we will be staying in the year 2021. Uh, which is also the same year that Rob wrote his book, Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th Anniversary <laughs> in Review. There you go, buddy. How about that? Thanks very um, much, mate. <laughs> Sherry versus Micah. One of the main reasons why I, why I picked this match is I remember the first time I watched it, one of the most disgusting finishes of all time. <laughs> oh, geez. Just absolutely crazy. Uh, so Sherry versus Micah from 2021, and then a match that I've never seen from 2019, Mayu versus Hazuki, uh, considering the fact that um, this day and age that uh, Mayu and Hazuki are part of the same faction. So um, I'm sure that will be a fantastic watch. And then for the bonus watch along, we're going to go, be going back to 1992, the very first Mitsuhara Misawa versus Toshiaki Kawada um, triple crown match. So that is uh, what's going to be coming up for the uh, the basically the five watch alongs. And then as um, our alternate commentaries, and then, Rob, would you like to tell listeners what we're doing for What If? So, our What If, and it's sort of sort of rooted in, uh, in strong rumour, shall we say. There was a strong rumour at the time of the 2021 Five Star Grand Prix that Julia was set to win it. Um, but through a mixture of her injury partway through the tournament, the neck injury that kept her out till Dream Queendom, um, and the lightning in the bottle that they caught with the Suri and Utami match, um, they obviously went with Suri and you know, the rest is history somewhat. And Julia had to wait, you know, eighteen months before she would uh, would get that chance at the red belt. So for our what if in July, we are going to be looking and booking what happened or what would happen? What if Julia won the 2021 five-star Grand Prix? We're both going to have a go at basically booking this run. You know, does she win the championship? Doesn't she win the championship? And where she goes from there, the feuds, the fights, and uh, basically how long she takes before she drops it. So uh, I am very, very very excited to do that one because honestly, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the Hazuki uh, What If episode that we dropped last month. If you haven't already checked it out, it's for our $10 patrons. Please go and check it out. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, and I'm massively looking forward to attempting to book this uh, Forbidden Door card with you. And again, that'll drop on Sunday, just in time for AEW Forbidden Door. Look at that. Sometimes we get lucky, my friend, with timing. Sometimes we really do. And then, of course, we'll close everything out. Roundtable discussion. Again, we're doing a five-star theme. The top five, our top five favorite five-star matches in the history of stardom. Robin, I will be joined by the one and only Scotty Wrestling, you know, once again. So that should be an exciting and fun time as well. 
Yeah, and I just want to talk about that alternate commentary, the Bull Nakano and Azure Kong one. I know that that was supposed to drop, if you look at our schedule pinned to the top of our Patreon, I know that was due to drop last week, but obviously because we had our awesome Kong interview and that that literally came together very, very quickly and we only had certain dates that we could do, um, that dropped on Sunday is as its replacement. We'll still have the All Japan Women's alternate commentary out to you this month, hopefully, um, but obviously so yeah, that was that's the reason that that one is slightly late. So we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. And because I wasn't here, obviously last week we didn't get a chance to shout out some of our fantastic new patrons. Um, so I just want to give a big shout out to uh, Matt on our IWGP tier. Alton Ihaya, um, I really hope I'm spa- I'm saying that right, Alton. Please let me know if I'm not, because I am terrible with names. And again, another entrant into the strong lineage of Stardomcast patron members with fantastic names, Dwarf Mage three two eight. Um, so thank you to all of our great patrons over at www.patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast and we hope you do feel like you are getting your money's worth we are massively enjoying it um uh, massively enjoying doing all of the additional episodes delving into the history of stardom and hopefully you're enjoying taking that journey with us um before we delve into matt what we've got um lined up for today um a little bit on that awesome kong interview um uh, for a start what an absolute sweetheart awesome kong is yeah, I've been on a few indie shows with her, and uh, she's completely different backstage than she was than she is once the uh, she cuts curtain. And she's mentioned it on podcasts before, mentioned on our podcast before that she really has to find the Kong character again. Like she is, she's so nice, but you know, you obviously you know you've seen her wrestle before, and she's a very intimidating presence. But uh, yeah, I'm glad the sweetheart of one awesome Kong was able to bleed through a lot in that interview because we had a lot of really good positive feedback. Yeah, and I know that we focused a lot on her time in Japan. Obviously, we're a stardom podcast, so it was interesting to see her links with the lineage of All Japan Women's and Gay Japan and Hustle, which is, it's not a era in her in her sort of history that is looked back on um, too much, but if you haven't already seen her and Aja Kong as Margaret and Erica in Hustle, I actively, actively encourage it because, again, I did think it was photoshopped. But, again, go and check out that episode just to find out, you know, everything from who comes to Awesome Kong at the end of a match with a dictionary so they can critique her match, um, who hit her so hard it was like being hit back to third grade, and who bakes the best cakes in the All Japan Women's Locker Room. All of that and so much more on that interview. It was an absolute riot to do. And I just want to echo what you said, Matt. Thank you so much, Joey Image, the man, um, for setting up this interview. Uh, Thank you so much again. Your new friend, buddy. I saw some tweets between the two of you back and forth. It looks like you made a new friend. I did indeed. He's promised (laughs) that we will meet up in Philadelphia, so I am going to hold him to that. Um, But yeah. He's uh, he's done us a huge solid there. So, uh, Joey, if you're listening, thank you. You the man. Um, so, what we've got in store for you today. Once again, we are sort of hamstrung by Stardom World, which seems to be an annoying occurrence on this podcast at the moment, um, as we are desperately trying to... Uh, 
to sort of scrabble back to something near normality after Golden Week. Um, so at the moment, um, the shows up on Stardom World um, or new shows that we're going to be talking about are the 3rd of June from Utsumaya, um, the 4th of June, the full show is now up from Corican Hall, and then the show from the 7th of June, not the 6th, as, 6th, as I said before we came on air, um, from <laughs> Shiga in Japan as well. Um, the 9th, show from the 9th, or at least some of the matches from the 9th, did drop today, so we record this on uh, on a Wednesday, so it's the 21st of June, but unfortunately just neither of us, we've both been at work, neither of us have had a chance to watch the 9th, so that will have to be tagged on um, to a later podcast. But I do, and I, I know this is me beating a dead horse once again, but we have a pay-per-view on Sundays we record, 25th of June, Stardom Sunshine 2023, we're going to be previewing it later on in this episode uh two cage matches um and we are still and i believe i told you this matt we are still i think six shows behind one two three four five we are still six shows behind um on stardom world and again i am not and i'm gonna make this perfectly clear this is not on sunny okay those people on twitter and you know who you are um who are going out of their way to say, oh, this is Sonny's fault. No, it's really not. The man films, um, edits, and does the stuff for the translations. That's a lot for one man to do and to then upload it and then get up and do the next tour. It's a lot for one man. If anything, it's on stardom for not employing more people to get this uh, service sorted. Either way, it's ridiculous that we are heading into a pay-per-view, Matt, and we've still got no way of seeing what has happened on six separate shows leading up to this pay-per-view. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this several times in the past. And uh, I'm going to kind of just, not unless you want to say anything else, I'm going to end it on a positive note. Uh, I really like Stardom. Stardom's fantastic. And even though these shows are late, these shows are really good. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. No, absolutely not. This was uh, this was sort of it was partly because I want to talk about something that happened on the 18th, which has just happened the two nights from Sheerdome. Um, I want to talk a little bit about things that have happened on there, but obviously, if you don't want to listen to that, please just skip along a couple of minutes, and uh, we'll be back to talking about the shows that are on Stardom World. A little bit of news then, the first coming out of the show on, I believe, the 18th. It was either the 18th or the 17th. Um, we have our final two entrants into the five-star Grand Prix. And Matt, it is a momentous day. It is perhaps the most momentous day in Stardom cast history. More important than getting on talk is Jericho. More important <laughs> than the interviews. Me and you, Matt Turner got predictions right i cannot yes. stress how happy i was when i saw who had qualified for the five-star grand prix out of this five-star grand prix rumble for those who don't know um it is hannon and it is mariah may that will be filling out that field of 20 um so and quite a few names missing out. There's no Kogama this year. There's no um, Fukin Death this year. There's no Tekla. There's no Mei Sakurai. Um, there's no Saeeda. 
there's there's some names that you would sometimes expect into that tournament, but again, it does give you that sense of an elite tournament. And I think Hannon, she's on the cusp of doing very, very, very big things, and I think this tournament could be a breakout tournament for her. And it gives us a chance to see Mariah May in an extended singles capacity, which obviously we haven't seen much of so far during this run map. Yeah, so yeah, you're gonna see a lot more singles matches from Mariah May. But yeah, you called the partner. We um, we were trying to figure out two or three weeks ago who was gonna win in the uh, the Rumble. I said, well, Hannon's got to be a shoe in. And then, uh, and I do apologize. I'm kind of just at the tail beginning of a cold, so if I don't, if I sound a little nasally, that's what it is. But uh, I will power through, uh, folks. But then we were trying to figure out who the other person would be, and really, there's no wrong answer. If it was a Tekla, May Sakurai, a Saida, Kagama. Um, really just no, even like, you know, Miyu Amasaki, who's really been improving the last six or seven weeks, even if they put her in the tournament, obviously she would have ate a lot of L's, but she would have came out much better, um, than, you know, going in. So it's really, you, there's no wrong answer here, but we figured Hanan's got to be a shoe in. She had a great, great, uh, showing at last year's five stars. She had a great last eight, 10 months, um, in stardom. So we were all kind of hoping that she would be uh, one of the entrants. And we kind of got, uh, you know, button hooked when she said that she was hurt. She wasn't going to be in the tournament. And then three days later, she's wrestling on like five or six shows. So don't know what happened there, but I'm glad she's okay. But uh, yeah, you kind of really tagged tagged in on the Mariah May thing just because of basically the buzz that she's been getting. And again, her improvements since she started with the company back in January. So again, I don't think really when you look at that field of who was in the Rumble, Really no wrong answers, but I think these were probably the best two, especially with the momentum they had going in. I don't feel like I don't feel like they'd have made such a big deal of Hannon being injured and then throwing her name into the hat in the main event of a hometown show on the third, um, coming out and saying, no, I'm going to be in the Rumble. I want to be part of the five star. I don't think they would have made such a big deal of that only for her then to lose. Um, that just to me makes no sense. Um, the only other person I could have seen potentially, and this is you know a shame for the likes of Kogama, for the likes of Tekla. Um, but you know we have got and we've got a high speed rumble coming up in the next couple of weeks. And if you look at who isn't a part of the um, five star, no Fukikin Death, no Kogama, no Momokogo, no Maysera, no Tekla. Um, it's all people who can have these high speed matches so maybe that's what we're going to see on the undercard of some of these five star shows um but may sakurai is probably the only one that i think you know they are very high on her at the moment i thought she had a decent tournament last year and it was when she started really 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 improving um but i don't feel like you can uh, you can be too displeased at the fact that hannah and mariah may are rounding out that field i don't think spoilers i don't think either of these two women touch the top three of their respective blocks. I'd be very, very, very surprised if they did. But you can count on at least Hannon having very, very, very good matches. And if I was a betting man, I'd uh, I'd be edging my bets that Mariah May is going to put on some really good matches as well. Um, speaking of good matches, um, yes, AEW. What a segue to yourself, brother. Honestly. What a, what a, what a segue to yourself. Unbelievable. Go ahead, sir. Learning for the best, man. Learning for the best. <laughs> if you aren't already subscribed to our Patreon, you need to subscribe <laughs> just for Matt's ham-fisted segues. They're incredible. Um, <laughs> but, and see, I can't remember what I was segueing to now. 
Hang on. You said somewhere AEW. It. Yes, there we go. <laughs> so obviously it's Forbidden Door and uh, AEW opening that Forbidden Door to join with New Japan. But Stardom, in their own way, have been opening their own Forbidden Door. And we've got some cross-promotional matches to look forward to that have just been announced. So we're going to start the 16th of July we are going to be seeing at Sendai Girls Pro Wrestling in Corrigan Hall, Chihiro Hashimoto taking on Natsupoi. Now, I mentioned earlier that I'm not a betting man. However, if I were a betting man, I would bet that Natsupoi is going to have a very unpleasant time in that ring because I have every faith that Chihiro Hashimoto wants her own installation in the hall of beating Natsupoi into a pulp. It's kind of both their gimmicks. Hashimoto's gimmick is beat you up, and Natsupoi's gimmick is take a beating. So it's kind of like, yeah, why you have the ingredients there, you know? So why wouldn't you mix the two of them together? But uh, you know Natsupoi's going to bring it back as well. You know she's going to get dropped on her head and eat clotheslines and forearms. But Natsupoi, when she throws that spinning back kick and those basement running drop kicks... She throws them with a lot of force, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a beating. She's got a, she's got that scrap match coming up too <laughs> in a few weeks' time as well. So yeah, the Natsupoi Beatdown Tour uh, 2023 continues, and uh, congratulations to uh, Chinkira Hashimoto as she is the newest member of that uh, that tour. Absolutely, and what you think as well? And poor Natsupoi's lost her voice; she can't talk. She's going to get her absolute ass handed to her by Chihiro Hashimoto. Sell you know sell the hell out of it as well um but i am looking forward to natsupoi throwing those german suplexes because she has got severely underrated german suplexes um that's not the only interpromotional match that we have got to look forward to sari announced the card for sariism chapter two from shinjuku face uh this is going to be taking place on friday august 4th in 2023 those who don't know who sari is um she uh, used to wrestle in japan Went to NXT very briefly, um, had a very strange gimmick where she would morph from a schoolgirl using a magic medallion into a wrestler. Very strange. Has come back to Japan and initially had the Sariism show. This is the second iteration of that. The main event is an absolute banger. It's going to be Sari and Kairi taking on Takumi Aroa and Arisa Nakajima. Now, uh, we talk a lot of the time about, you know, dream matches and matches that really do make you think, oh my God, that's special. This, this sounds special, man. Yeah, absolutely. I saw that, the fact that Sari and Kari are going to be teaming. And then Takumi Aroa, we really haven't seen much of. Um, obviously, she had a fantastic run. In a excuse me, in a 2021 five star Grand Prix, and then she uh, just came back not too long ago from a shoulder injury. And then Larissa Nakajima is somebody that's been fantastic for the better part of a decade. So yeah, that match should be nothing short of hard hitting and fantastic. And uh, I can't wait to watch it. No, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
and uh, Arisa Nakajima, I know criminally little of. I've seen flashes of her. I know that um, obviously her and Nanai Takahashi took on site Ida and Momo Watanabe in Seedling in the lead up to the Budokan show. And that was a hard hitting tag match. That was really good fun. And then I've recently, for Chasing the Dream, which is going to be out at the end of this year, um, I've recently just watched Io Shirai versus Arisa Nakajima from 2013 in a 30 minute Iron Woman match. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see more Arisa Nakajima, I must admit. Um, but let's talk about the shows that we do have up on Stardom World. There are three, um, and we're going to start at Utsunomaya in Toshigi, Japan, from the 3rd of June 2023 in the Light Cube Utsunomaya in front of 502 people. What I'll do, you know the drill by now, I'm going to read through all the results and then we're sort of going to cherry pick and talk about some of these matches. So we opened with a singles match, uh, Miyu Amasaki defeating Aya Sakura in 5 minutes and 9 seconds with the Tenzai. Uh, we then had Hanan defeating, uh, sorry, Rina defeating Hina and Saya Ida in 7 minutes and 21 seconds. We had a six-woman tag match then. The God's Eye team of Amisori, Mirai and Suri defeating Hanako, Lady C and Yuna Mizumori with um, Mirai getting the pinfall there. Another six-woman tag match, Julia May Sakurai and Tekla, the current artist of Stardom Champions, defeated the Oeda Tai team of Fukik and Death. Um, uh, Starlight Kid, no, I'm looking at the wrong line. Uh, Fukik and Death, Natsukatora and Saki Kashima in 11 minutes and 34 seconds. Um, Six-woman tag again. The team of Micah, Maysera, and Suzu Suzuki defeated the Oeditai team of Momo Watanabe, Ruaka, and Starlight Kid in 10 minutes and 6 seconds with uh, Micah getting the pinfall with the Mishinoku Driver 2 on Ruaka. We then got our customary time limit draw with the team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Sayori Anu going to a 15-minute time limit draw with Yutami Hayashishita Azumi and Sayakamatani. We are certainly going to be talking about that match in a moment. And then in the main event, we had our 10-woman tag match. The stars team of Hazuki, Hanan, Kagama, Mayu Ibutani, and Momo Kogo defeated the club Venus team of Jesse, Mariah May, Mina Shirakawa, Waka Sukiyama, and Zena in 15 minutes and 52 seconds. Hanan getting the victory in her hometown. Uh, with a backdrop suplex on Waka Sukiyama. Uh, Matt, of those matches, what do you want to talk about? I'd like to start with match five, if that's okay with you, sir. You do what you like, Matt. Turner. Oh, thank you. Well, he, what, a, what a gentleman. What a gentleman. Uh, the, the first four matches were solid, don't get me wrong, but this is kind of where I want to start. Um, but I mentioned this on Twitter. I really hope. We get Momo Watanabe and Micah in the same bracket for the five-star. Because I don't think we've seen them in a proper singles match, really, ever. And considering the fact that, you know, Momo this last year and a half has adopted this very heel, well, she is a heel, aggressive style. And uh, Micah has this, you know, ever since Himika retired, she's very, very much aggressive as well. And we've seen these two paired quite a bit in the last handful of shows in these multi-person tag matches, and they don't miss. There's a lot of hard-hitting action there. So not only that, but then Suzu Suzuki 
Starlight Kid. I mean, they had an absolute banger of a uh, match of last year's five star. And again, it's one of those matches that kind of gets swept under the rug just based on how good the five star was and the fact that that match was actually on a stardom and showcase, you know, as well. So kind of got, you know, lost in the shuffle. So uh, by all means, go back and watch Suzu and Starlight Kid from last year's five star. Even May Sarah and uh, Starlight Kid, they had a really, really good uh, high speed segment. And Ruaka, again, she's another one that's really, really improving. So. I kind of just want to get your thoughts on uh, on that match, sir. You've really talked about everything I wanted to talk about, really. My All right. <laughs> well done, you. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I enjoy the chemistry that Micah and Momo Watanabe have got. It is all about that hard-hitting style. And, and you mentioned that edge since Himika retired, you know, from the simple visual thing of dyeing her hair a different colour to the way that she's wrestling, you know, it's very focused, let's say, and I'm intrigued to see where this goes. I would love to see Micah and Momo in the same five-star bracket. Suzu Suzuki and Starlight Kid have fantastic chemistry. They've recently just had a singles match at one of the Sheer Dome shows, I believe the one on the 18th. So if that hopefully will be up soon and we can review that in the next week or so. And Ruaka she plays the perfect base for some of you more quick and high-speed wrestlers. So someone like a Maysera really does work well with Ruaka. And honestly, since that tag match that her and Tora had in March against 7-Up, where she was the most over person in uh, in Corican Hall on that night, just randomly, I think she's gone from strength to strength. And uh, in the next couple of years, hopefully we're going to see her break out as... Uh, something of a powerhouse because i've said it before and I'll, I'll say it again she offers something completely different to that rookie class of rena hina hannon she's that powerhouse and that's what she offers and hopefully they embrace that and it becomes um she gets the opportunity to showcase that even more it only goes 10 minutes but it is a very good compact little match i'm very intrigued by how strongly they are booking micah at the moment and I would not be surprised if we see Mike uh, with a, either a championship opportunity in the next couple of weeks or if we see um, a strong five-star run. You know, I'm talking either one or two in a block or even block final. Um, I'm not going to curse her by saying she's going to win it because that means she won't. But I'm very intrigued with how strong they're booking her and I'm very intrigued by this persistent partnership that they seem to be having between Micah, Maysera and Suzu Suzuki because they were partnered together at Corican, they were partnered um, together again here and they have been partnered together at um, Stardom Sunshine. Pay per view. Yeah, so, this weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, it seems that we are developing this chemistry and I'm intrigued to see, especially between, and no disrespect to Maysera, especially between Micah and Suzu Suzuki. I'm really intrigued as to where this goes. Yeah, again, excellent match. I actually had it at three and three-fourth stars. What about you, partner? I had it at three and a half. That was a really, really, really solid match. I think if you give it more time, it's, you know, these six women are all really good. It's going to be, you know, a better grade. I, I just would have liked to have seen it for a, a little bit longer, but I suppose that makes sense when you consider the semi-main and the main event both go over 15 minutes. Um, 
this semi-main then, and a lot of this show is going to be talking about the persistent descent in Queen's Quest between Utami and Saya especially. Um, but this match, after the bell went, and the, this match is great. This, you know, Azumi, Saya Kamatani and Utami Hayashista teamed together, I think, twice over the course of these three shows and are fantastic. In you know, their chemistry is fantastic. They are one of the best trios, if not the best trio in stardom. Damn right. <laughs> but this was more about at the end of the match, okay, when you bear in mind that we've got all that tension between Natsupo and Suri Anu, we've got all that tension between Saya Kamatani and Utami Hayashishita and Azumi and Utami to a lesser degree because of that. Instead, we've got Tam holding both belts and all three members of Queen's Quest looking at a specific belt, given that time to go up. And the one I was most intrigued by, Azumi. Azumi pointing to that white belt. They give each other a little pinky swear as though it's almost locked and detailed in blood. This is going to happen. And we had Utami looking at that red belt. Are we going to see Utami as that red belt champion? You've already mentioned it, Matt. You think that it's locked in main event of Dream Queendom 3, Utami versus Tan. You basically basically have (laughs) discarded the entire rest of Stardom's year because you think that's the main event. Um, And then we had Saya sort of undecided between the two. But I am really intrigued that even despite this this persistent unrest queen's quest is still going queen's quest is still you know they're not losing every match you know they're winning some they're losing some they're drawing some in time limit draws and here it's almost as though to say yeah okay there's unrest but the story goes on all three of these women despite the unrest want to go for championships we know that azumi has graduated from that high speed division we talked about where she goes next I thoroughly expect whoever comes out of Midsummer Champions on the 2nd of July as the white belt champion, whether that is Tam or whether that is Mirai, I fully expect Azumi to be the next challenger. Yeah, they did a really good job kind of foreshadowing that. Um, just want to let you know, uh, Rob, you and all of our fantastic listeners, that I have renamed Soryanu's um, Fisherman Suplex to the perfect, perfect flex. Um, so that's what I will be calling it. From here on out, I don't think anybody can really argue with that. No, absolutely not. That that bridge that she gets, and then any time that I can uh, pay tribute to the late, great Kurt Henning, you know, I mean, who's going to boo me on that? But, uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting how Stardom does these little things so perfect, where Tam obviously is holding both belts as she's the, uh, you know, the red and white belt champion. Mizumi comes up to her first, clearly wants the white belt. Utami goes up to her second, clearly wants the red belt. And Saya, yeah, she kind of looks at both. But I think she looked at the red belt a little bit longer and then looked at the white belt and looked at Tam and gave her a smirk, almost like saying, hey, get, hey, Tam, remember last time you had that? Remember who beat you? And then three months later, you remember who beat you for when you challenged for that belt again? Yeah, it was me. And I think she kind of all said that with the, maybe that was just me in my head. I think she all kind of just said that with, with, with a certain smirk. But that was, again, a really cool little segment after we had this fantastic must-see match um, between these two teams. I thought that was... Uh, that was kind of a really cool way to saying, wait a minute, everything is up in the air right here. Obviously, the booking from stardom has been a little unpredictable these last few months. And, you know, mostly in a good way. And now the fact that we can have all three members of Queen's Quest challenging for these belts somewhere down the road. 
uh, yeah, you know, count me in. I'm definitely in on this. But, uh, boy, what a match this was. I mean, between you had the double teams from Meltier, you had the triple teams from both teams, the Cosmic Angels and the uh, Queen's Quest, and then obviously you had some really good double teams from the Aphrodite team of Utami and Sai Kamatani, which they were on page a little bit better on these these uh, shows we're reviewing than they have been. So, I mean, that's obviously going to lead to what we're talking about at the end, the, uh, the Loser Leaves Unit cage match. But it's really nice just to see these three on such a uh, better page, um, especially Sai and Utami. But I am worried that uh, if you remember when Momo Watanabe left Queen's Quest, and we all pretty much knew she was leaving to go to a wedding tie, that if you remember the shows leading up to it, it was almost like Momo Watanabe's farewell tour. You know, she had tag matches with Utami, who she was tag champs with. She had uh, really good tag matches with her and uh, Azumi, who they won the 2020 Goddess of Stardom um, tag league with there was a lot of really good six person eight person tag matches it's basically almost saying oh this is kind of a love letter to mom before she leaves and the fact that we're getting kind of this much amount of uh, azumi saya and utami on non-pay-per-views don't get me wrong it's awesome because these three are by far and away my favorite trio in all of stardom uh but i'm a little worried that we're going to have a little bit of a breakup here at the end of the uh, at the end of the week they're good sir it certainly is going to be really intriguing to see what happens in this pay-per-view and whether stardom go down the very safe route of having someone like a Fukigan death leave a Weta, you know, she's part-time anyway, so she wouldn't be a huge miss or whether they are brave and they do have someone like Asaya Kamatani leave Queen's Quest or they do have a Yutami Aishis to leave Queen's Quest. It is worth noting, of course, that just because they're leaving their own faction does not mean that they are joining the other one. So if, for example, Tora was to be the last one uh, eliminated, she doesn't have to leave Oedetai and join Queen's Quest. She just has to leave Oedetai. And it's it's interesting that Stardom have left that open. Um, I'm very intrigued to see where that goes. And obviously with unrest with Sayori Anu and the rest of Cosmic Angels, with the current still freelancing sort of not um, tied to a faction-ness of Meisera and Suzu Suzuki. There is enough there to have another faction. You know, you've got Hanako, you've got Aya Sakura, you've got Yunamizumori, who has pretty much declared herself for Cosmic Angels, but there is enough there to have another faction if that is the route that Stardom wants to go. So I'm very intrigued to see how they go, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into the pay-per-view preview at the end of this show. Um, the main event then, obviously, Hanan, Hazuki, Kogama, Mayu, Iwitani, Momokogo, and Club Venus. Um, solid stuff all round. Really good fun to watch. Great chemistry between the likes of Mayu and Mariah May. I thought Jesse and Xena looked really good here, and I thought they looked really good, or certainly better, in the case of Jesse uh, in the Corican Hall show as well. Um, but it was nice for Hannon to get the victory. I think it was right for Hannon to get the victory, considering we're in her home prefecture. Um, and the fact that she was the one who did the announcements at the end, saying, yep, I am declaring for that five-star Grand Prix Rumble. Yeah, uh, real quick, Rob, before I forget, the uh, the co-main event and the main event, what was your star rating, good sir? Uh, co-main event, three and three quarters, and three and a half for the main event. Oh, I had four and four, but I like the co-main event just a little bit more. 
And uh, how about Mayu when her and Mariah May were kind of taunting each other on the outside after the match was over? Mayu just properly just boot poor Mariah May in the stomach for no reason whatsoever. She's so lovable, isn't she? She's a lovable scamp, is Mayu. But I did love the fact that she kicked her and then ran <laughs> off um, and then hid in the crowd pretending to be a crowd member. Um, and Momokogo had to go and get her from the crowd so they could do the stars thing at the end. Um, you know, fun stuff. But just the best. Yeah, but to echo off what you said, obviously Jesse and Zena, their improvement has been, uh, you know, you can really tell. It. And it's Jesse's obviously back, I believe, in the States now. So probably doing some bookings here, here and there. I wouldn't be shocked if you see her on an Impact or a Ring of Honor, an AEW show coming up pretty soon because she has uh, improved quite a bit from her time in stardom. And uh, Zena has really showed her a hard-hitting style. And obviously, we'll preview it towards the end of the show, but I'm really looking forward to her match with Sherry this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It's one that's gone under the radar, really. It's been it's a little bit of a strange card, the Stardom in uh, the Stardom Sunshine card, simply because so many of the roster are tied up in those top two matches. Because there's twelve women in the main event cage match, or what I assume is going to be the main event cage match between Queen's Quest and Oeditai. And then there's six in the artist of Stardom one. So there is a lot tied up there. So it's given us matchups. You know, we've got Hanako versus Nanai Takahashi, we've got Suri versus Zena. Um we've got little odd matchups, so I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely good, sir. Um, let's move on then a little bit and let's move on to the show from the 4th of June, Corican Hall in front of 1,167 people. This was main evented by the generational struggle match, uh, with Julia Maiwibitani, Suri and Tam Nakano and, uh, Micah. Saikamatani, Yutami, Aishita, and Suzu Suzuki going to that 30-minute time limit draw. We've already talked about that um, over in the Stardomcast archives because that was uploaded pretty much straight away. So uh, if you haven't already checked that out, it's my multi-woman or multi-person match of the year, tag or otherwise. So do go and check that out. It's rife with story, rife with action, and just it does go to show just how loaded this stardom main event scene is go and check it out if you haven't already um the rest of the show is as follows so we have a three-way match fukin death defeating momo kogo and tekla again it's fukin death <laughs> in a multi-woman match you know how it goes uh, she gets the pin over Momo Kogo with the O'Connor roll. Um, uh, Awenatai, Momo Watanabe, Natsukatora, and Ruaka defeat stars Hazuki, Kogama, and Saya We're in 10 minutes and 58 seconds with who else but Saya eating the pinfall? Because, of course, it was. Um, Lady C, Mei Sakurai, and Wakasuki Armor, a very strange team considering the history between Waka and Mei, uh, defeat the team of Ayasakura, Hanako, and Miu Amasaki with Waka getting the pinfall with the modified suplex. Um, we then have a tag team match with the team of Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa getting the win over the tag team champions in a non-title match. Amisori and Mirai in 12 minutes and 10 seconds. Mina Shirakawa getting that pinfall with the figure four leg lock. Um, we then had another tag match. This was great. Uh, May, Sarah and Azu 
Izumi defeating Starlight Kid and Saki Kashima in 12 minutes and 49 seconds with Maysera getting the pinfall over Saki Kashima with the shooting star. It's worth pointing out, Saki Kashima, high-speed champion, is that where we're going? Um, we then had another passion injection match, Nanai Takahashi defeating the pineapple passion herself, Yuna Mizumori, in 12 minutes and 10 seconds with the refrigerator bomb. Um, in our semi-main event, Sayori Inu and Natsupoi defeated Jesse and Zena in 10 minutes and 27 seconds. Sayori Inu getting the pinfall over Jesse with the pottery. And Finally, in our main event, we obviously had that generational struggle eight-woman tag. Um, this was a really, really, really solid card match. Considering we didn't have any title matches and we didn't have any, we only had one, sorry, singles match in that passion injection match. I thought this was a really fun card to sit through. Yeah, they do. Cork and Hall, uh, they do a really good job of loading those shows up, and I would love to. I mean, I know. They do the pay-per-views, um, like, you know, a random night in the five-star, but on Cork and Hall. But I would love them to see them do, like, a Flashing Champions or a Stardom X Stardom, you know, kind of put that in Cork and Hall. And I understand, I think, Cork and Hall only fits, like, 1400 1500 They could probably sell more tickets and make more money at some of the bigger uh, arenas. But it always seems like, just because of the acoustics and the smaller venue, like, everybody's kind of bunched in there. It's just a cooler setting, and the crowd seems a lot louder, a lot to everything. At Cork and Hall, and this this show was uh, was no exception. But I do want to talk about uh, uh, me and Mariah May getting the victory over Mariah and Ami, sorry, the tag champs. And if this is, it seemed like they were holding back just a little for obvious reasons because they're obviously defending, or excuse me, uh, challenging this weekend. But if this is just like a little sampler of what we're going to get in the tag title match this weekend, I'm super excited for a partner. Yeah, they seem to be bigging up that figure four again. Obviously, we had Mina Shirakawa submitting Amisori in the five-star uh, last year at Corican Hall, believe it or not, with that um, figure four leg lock, and it seems to be where we're going again. So I'm wondering if that's going to be the story of the match when we do have the Goddess of Stardom tag match um, on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see who we think is going to win. Um, but we'll talk about that when we get to the preview. Yeah, this match was, it was the first chapter in what is to be, you know, a longer story. And I think it was a good match for whetting the appetite as to what we're going to get. Because at the moment, in the running order, and again, it's subject to change, this title match is third on the card. And if they give this 15 minutes and these four women go balls to the wall, it's going to be a really, 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 really good match, especially if we get Mariah and Mina Shirakawa just kicking and punching the hell out of each other. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, yeah. Solid match. I actually had it three and three-fourth stars. And uh, again, the fact that it was it almost touched four stars. And uh, again, I think they were kind of holding something back for the uh, the pay-per-view. This can be one outside of the cage matches that can absolutely uh, steal the show on uh, this Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Consider, again, it's worth knowing that we both think they were holding something back and it's still got a good match, and that fills me with a lot of hope for a very, very good title match come Sunday. Yeah, let's talk about the next match, my friend. You said it was excellent. Let's, uh, let's talk about why it was excellent. I mean, you have literally four fantastic high-speed wrestlers, and you just sometimes, because we've seen it happen you know, so much in the past two or three years, but with the Zoomy and Starlight Kid, and then whenever they're in tag matches or multi-person matches, whether they're in the ring for three seconds or three minutes, you're like, oh yeah, of course. 
of course, obviously Saki Cashman plays a role really well here. Lady Sierra, I think she's the next. I think she's the next high speed champion. I think Saki Cashman, I think she is just, for lack of a better term, a transitional champion. It's nice to see that she did get her first singles championship and well deserved and well earned from Saki Kashima. But as far as what Natsupoi, Starlight Kid, and Azumi's done for this division in the last three years, if they want to kind of keep it on that same playing field, I think it's only a matter of time before May gets the uh, high speed championship. I'd be surprised. Um, I still think that as nice as it was to give Saki that singles championship, and by God, she's deserved it. I do think they missed a trick in giving it to May Sarah because it would have been a real passing of the torch for the high-speed division. We talked earlier about Azumi having um, sort of graduated the high-speed division. And she had a run that was, you know, we haven't seen since the early days of the championship, since, you know, we're talking Natsuki Teo and Kaori Yoniyama, the, you know, the first couple of stardom champions of that belt. Um, I feel like Azumi could have done the job to May Sarah and sort of said, right, you're in charge of this division now. And instead, we sort of got a five-minute three-way with Saki pinning not Azumi uh, to get the championship. But we, we've talked about that back in the archives. It hasn't happened. Um, I do believe that May Sarah is probably the next champion. Um, and, you know, that's that's nothing against Saki. Yeah, she probably is a transitional champion. She might get one or two defenses. I know she's got Fukuk and Death, I believe, are Midsummer Champions on the 2nd of July. Um, so she could have two defenses, then have Maceiro come out, claim the belt, especially as we've just had this Leviathan-like reign from Azumi, 440-odd days and 12 title defenses. I don't think anyone would be... Uh, I don't think anyone would begrudge Maceiro getting the belt there. No, and what great tag team chemistry with the Starlight Kid and Saki Kashima. Obviously, we've seen them, you know, and I may mention it, during the Patreon part of this episode, we've seen them as a fantastic trio with Momo Watanabe. But these two as just a straight-up tag team, just the two of them, boy, they really gelled really well together, especially in this this match. But, uh, yeah, excellent match. Uh, I actually had a, another three and three-fourth stars. Yeah, same for me. Um, and again, you know, we're not going to go blow for blow with this match because if you're if you're familiar with the high-speed style... You've seen this type of match before. However, you watch it and you're filled with aura. How the women are able to wrestle the way that they're wrestling at the pace that they are wrestling. And they don't make many, if any, mistakes. To the point where Azumi slipped off the ropes at um, the last pay-per-view. Was it Fukuoka Goddess Legend? It was, wasn't it, the last one? No, that was um, Flashing Champions. You're thinking it of... It was Flashing uh, Champions. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. yes. Um, There's so many of them. There's so many of them, Rob. You know? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, but when she slipped at Flashing Champions, it wasn't us going, oh, well, she's wrestling really quickly. It was a case of Azumi never slips. What the hell? And it was more of... It was more of an anomaly than the norm. And I think that's testament to everyone that wrestles this style. And in this match, you have got four of the absolute pinnacle of the high-speed division. Saki should have been in this division two years ago because I do believe she could have really, really, really good six, seven, eight-minute matches. And she can hang with the likes of Azumi with Starlight Kid. Um, 
overall a really fun match to watch um and it's certainly one that i would uh, i'd point you in the direction of if you get to the 4th of the june 4th of the june 4th of june Corathan card <laughs> rob's creating his own language uh Next match, just real quick, obviously, Nanai Takahashi's done a great job of bringing the younger talent up and making them look good in all these matches. Uh, but Yuna Mizumori is somebody that's really, really improved, especially since kind of breaking away from, like, the Neo Stardom Army or the 7-Up trio with Nanai and Yu. I thought she's done an excellent job, and it really looks like, and obviously we'll talk about it on the next show, it really looks like she's going to be the next member of Cosmic Angels, and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I thought Yuna looked really, really good here. Yeah, certainly. I think she's improved hugely. She is far more um, rounded as a performer. You think about when she, not necessarily debuted for the company, but the first appearance I'd seen of her was at one of the New Blood shows, I believe. Maybe the first New Blood show. And it was very, very comedy heavy. And, you know, there was certainly a place for that, definitely. But I wanted to see an improvement in the wrestling style of her. I want to be able to see her have these comedic elements, but also being able to throw down when it's ready. And I think she's done that perfectly. I think she is really, really, really improved. And who knows, maybe Nanai taking her, taking her under her wing, maybe that's done a world of good for her. We now know what she's like backstage, courtesy of Awesome Kong. So maybe they <laughs> critique her matches, who knows? Um, with the dictionary. With the dictionary. The language he already speaks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but overall, I think Nanai's done a fantastic job with whoever she's been in the ring with. I think she's bought out several best singles matches from people. May uh, Sakurai, Wakasukiyama, Miyu Amasaki, and now Yuna Mizumori. And I think it puts Yuna Mizumori in a great place um, coming off the back of this to attempt to join Cosmic Angels. Um, so she breaks away sort of from officially from seven up and uh, the neo stardom army after this match and sort of says no i'm 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 gonna try and get into cosmic angels um which nanai is all for as long as she has passion um and i know that because she must have said passion 83 times during this nine minute promo um but then she calls out starlight kid um basically says starlight kid has no passion which seems to be the way we're going with these passion injection matches. Um, but Starlight Kid called out the fact that she's nothing like the people she's faced, which I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that we have drawn that definitive line between a talent like Starlight Kid and, no disrespect, but Wakasukiyama, Mei Sakurai, Miyu Amasaki, rookies or lower card talent at the moment. You know, Starlight Kid is a completely different performer. Um, and they're not calling it a passion injection match for that reason. Now, at the moment, Matt, I believe that Nanai is 4-0 and in passion injection matches, I think. Um, we know that Nanai is booked incredibly strongly, as showcased by the palaver with the tag titles. Starlight Kid has to win this, doesn't she? This singles match. Yep, 100%. I don't think Nanai's lost a singles match since... Sure, yeah, Stardom X Stardom. Uh, just top of my head, am I wrong here, partner? Do you know what? No, I don't think she has. And I don't think she's taken a pinfall. Well, Waka. Waka rolled her up. No, I mean, aside from Waka. Sorry, I was thinking I was thinking prior oh, to sorry. that. Um, no, it's yeah. all right. I only said half the words out loud. Um, <laughs> I should I, know better. I should I, know what you're thinking. I was just going to say, I, apologize. I, I know you're good, man, but Jesus. Um, yeah, I think she's I'm only... I'm not Jesus. 
I think she's only I think she's only eaten two pimples. Because I'm sure it was you that took the as in why you you who took the <laughs> pinfalls during the tag league. And obviously they had Unimus Amori in the team for the um Triangle Derby. Yeah. So but the thing is they, they, they brought this up during the post match. Nanai, yes, she is still active. Yes, she is still performing at a high level. Yes, she's still giving people their best matches. But she is getting on. You know, she is an a competitor from the past. Starlight Kid, 21 years old, with literally no ceiling on her talent. She has got everything to gain from winning this. Nanai has nothing to gain from beating Starlight Kid. So, no, you're exactly right. Starlight Kid's going to win this match, and uh, she won't win by countout. Shut up, shut up, Matt. <laughs> Imagine if she wins by countout. Oh my god! Then I just put someone over. <laughs> um, but yes, I I anticipate a great match. Um, but if it's going to be done properly, Starlight Kid has to win, and I I do believe that she will. Um, I think for all our for all our poking fun at Nanai, she will do what's best for business. Um, she seems to be having a great time. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, whenever that booking meeting comes to fruition, uh, they get her on a good day. Um, we then get our semi-main event, the last match we're going to talk about on this show, uh, which was the Cosmic Angels team of Nats Poi and Theoria Nu defeating Jesse and Zena. Jesse's demeanor, um, you know, there are certainly better wrestlers than Jesse on the card. I don't think, you know, Anyone is saying that Jesse is the best worker in the entirety of stardom. But I think in terms of her confidence, she's progressed massively. Like, Xena, I would argue, is better in the ring than Jesse. And I think her exchanges with Sayori Anu, who, by the way, talking about Sayori Anu, is my MVP over these shows. Like, oh my God, you talk about a star. Her, Your eye is drawn to her in every single match. She's fantastic at selling. She's great on offense. She's got brilliant facials. Um, I just, I'm just drawn to it every time in every match. Um, but that aside, I think Jessie's confidence and in-ring persona has come on leaps and bounds. And she was overshadowing Xena throughout this match, really, in that, in that regard, anyway. Yeah, the team of Jesse and Zena was really good. Uh, not to point so really new, were really good as a team and in, in, in the trios. Obviously, with the Kyrie, you have the restart team, and then with Tam, you have the Cosmic Angels. Obviously, that though, there looks like they're going to. Uh, it just looks like to me that they're doing something with Sorry New, where they're going to. She's basically almost like an inf- infiltrator on the Cosmic Angels. She doesn't seem like she wants to be there, even though she kind of fits the Cosmic Angels mold. Um, for lack of a better term, really well, but she doesn't really do the dancing. She doesn't do the the, the delicious pose. And I kind of want to pick your brain on partner. Uh, if we're seeing a new faction uh, being started with Suzu Suzuki and Micah, that's another member of DDM leaving. Do you think that Soria New leaves Cosmic Angels, or like like I said, she might be an inside spy for Julia, basically becomes Julia's second? Because I think that's where they're kind of going with this. Or am I just crazy? Hmm. It's an interesting thought. I mean, we can sort of play off the history between Natsupoi Tam and Sayori Anu from the time in, I believe, Act Res Girls. Um, and that sort of whole mistrust between Natsupoi and 
Sayori Anu. So whether Sayori Anu is doing what she's doing because of her inherent hatred of Natsupoi or there's a lack of trust there despite being in Cosmic Angels or whether Sayori Anu is going to do this to distance Poi from Tam, I, I, I don't know. Um, obviously, what happens and how this storyline is going to take shape completely depends on who comes out on top in the main event on Sunday. Um, if a huge member of Queen's Quest, and by huge member I'm talking Izumi, Utami, or Sayakamitani, no disrespect oh, to... My heart is breaking. You can hear it all. You can hear it. You hear that breaking? That's my heart, Rap. Oh, it hurts. Oh. <laughs> um, obviously, if Mio Amasaki leaves, we'll be devastated, but... Um, then... <laughs> what? <laughs> what a shot! What a cheap shot! <laughs> um, oh my goodness! <laughs> obviously, then we'll need to do something with a different faction, maybe, and then obviously we can have Siori and New maybe join that faction or join DDM. Um, I honestly can't tell you where this is going though, because obviously Cosmic Angels get the win, and then Siori and New goes for. The fisherman suplex on Natsupoi as Natsupoi is congratulating her. Natsupoi takes a swing with a kick and they sort of stare at each other from across the ring. I imagine that they were supposed to do some sort of explanation on the microphones, but because Natsupoi's voice just is not there, Suryanu just took the mic and went, I can't understand a word you're saying, and walked off, which I thought was really funny. Um, but it does sort of it does sort of leave that element of doubt, which I do like. Um, especially as you know, there are shows where it's not mentioned at all. There are shows where it's really prevalent. I don't know where it's going, Matt. And, and that's I'm... a good thing. Oh yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely. That's not a bad thing. It's like, is she going to turn? Is she going to force Nat to play out? Is it a case of obviously we have got this Indian strap match at Midsummer Champions? Um, is it just a case of Sayori Inu wanting to toughen Natsupoi up or, you know, she wants to exercise all of this mistrust that they have between them, you know, to prove, you know, that they can be teammates? That might be all it is. Um, because at the moment, it is worth saying, Cosmic Angels is these three people. It is Mina, Natsupoi, and Sayori Inu. They really can't afford, and it's looking like you as Amori. Tam, you said Mina. Oh, did I say Mina? Sorry, Tam. They're the same person. Um... Oh, don't you? You're throwing fire here today, buddy. You must have snuck him. Holy shit, he's fired up. Um, so, obviously, they can't afford to have another defection straight away. Um, so, whether this will be a slow build, whether the Indian strat match papers over some of their um, feelings of mistrust towards each other, and then we sort of move on and get to, you know, a point where they can't be together. I don't know. It's It really is an intriguing storyline. Um, and because there's so many different avenues they can go with it, that's what makes it even more intriguing. It's why this cage match on Sunday is so exciting, because I've got no idea where they're going with it. And I really, really hope that they do go somewhere really interesting with it. Like, have just go all out and go and have Utami leave Queen's Quest. And I know that's tough for you to hear. I have, theory, I have theories, sir. I have, I really, really been thinking about this, and I can't wait to talk about it at the end of the show because I have several theories. Well, they'll all probably be wrong. <laughs> but as well, and we did talk about this on a podcast before, you know, we're assuming that this is, you know, genuine 
feelings of animosity between Saya and Utami, and this is Utami's self-doubt, and you know she's taking it out on the rest of Queen's Quest. We did talk a couple of weeks ago how this could be a ploy just to get at Oedetai. You know, we've got Saya Kamatani and Yutami Aishista unable to get along. Their chemistry's all out of whack. You know, Aphrodite has not been doing the greatest. Yeah, it comes to this cage match and they just go, psych, we're fine. And it's just Vince been an Russo, excuse. Vince Russo, Vince Russo comes out and says it's a swerve. Absolutely, absolutely. He comes out in that bubble car with the bulletproof glass over it, challenges Goldberg, main event of Dream Queendom right there. Um, <laughs> I mean... They did wrestle in a cage. I'm just going to put it there. Um, oh, my goodness. Wow. Bravo, sir. I'm standing up, standing ovation for Rob Goodwin. Thank you. Thank Unbelievable. You. Um, but, yeah, so they've also got that. They have got the, you know, the the easy way out, which is someone lower down on the totem pole leaves from whatever faction, you know, with fucking death or a lady C or something like that. Or you do go the whole hog and have Saya or Utami leave, or even have, you know, a Starlight Kid leave. Maybe this is the way you turn Starlight Kid face again. Who knows? I can't see that happening, but who knows? It's really, really, really exciting. Um, before we talk about that pay-per-view, and I feel like we've been talking about it a lot, um, let's move on to the last show we're going to talk about that's been unloaded to Stardom World, and this is the show from the 7th of June from the Shiga Prefectural Bunker Industry Exchange Centre Event Hall. Good God, imagine the size of that sign. Um, from Meibara in Shiga, Japan, in front of 221 the people. The card is as follows. In our tag match opener, Lady C and Miyu Amasaki defeated Aya Sakura and Momo Kogo with Lady C getting the pinfall with a giant chokeslam in 7 minutes and 43 seconds. Singles match, we had Saki Kashima defeating Wakasuki Armor in 4 minutes and 54 seconds with my emblem. Um, in an eight-woman tag match, we had the Oedetai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Ruwaka, and Natsukatora defeating the team of Hanako, Amisori Mirai, and Suri with Momo Watanabe getting the pinfall over Hanaka with the double knees from the top in 11 minutes and 55 seconds. Um, we had a six-woman tag team match then with um, the Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May, and Xena getting the win over Cosmic Angels, Tam Nakano, and Natsupoi, and the honorary member at the moment, Yuna Mizumori, with Mariah May getting the pinfall in 9 minutes and 42 seconds with the happily ever after pile driver. Um, in our semi-main event, the Queen's Quest team of Sayakamitani, Azumi, and Yutami Ayashishita went to a time limit draw with May Seira, Suzu Suzuki, and Sayori Anu um, in 15 minutes. And our main event, uh, an eight-woman tag match, saw the team of Micah, Julia, Tekla, and May Sakurai of Donna Del Mondo defeating the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Kogama, Kazuki, and Saida with, guess who, Sayurida eating the pinfall in 18 minutes and 26 seconds. Mike again, the pinfall with the Michinoku driver too. Um, Matt, what did you like? What did you dislike? And what should people be checking out from this show on the 7th? I kind of want to talk about it. Something that I disliked and it's had to do with uh, Tam, believe it or not. I'm throwing a lot of crazy stuff at you on this uh, episode. Wow. Uh, now, did you see, I know you were super bogged down with the 84 books that you're writing. Did you see this match match for, 
with Tam, Yuna, Nata play versus Zena, Mina, Mariah May. Now, are you going to be talking about the post-match? Yes. The, now, the match was really good. Don't yeah. get me wrong. The match was really, really solid. Three and a half stars. I'm obviously talking about the post-match. Rob, you know um, I'm a very body-positive person, and I'm all about, you know, if you're going to better yourself in any way, whether it's mind, body, soul, whatever. Um, I do not – I'm just going to get right into it. I do not like the whole, you know, okay, Yuna wants to join Cosmic Angels. She's like, you know, even though I lost, I should be in Cosmic Angels. I did the dance, and let's let's give credit where credit's due. Yuna's got the dance down pretty well. Pretty well, most most better than most Cosmic Angels members over the last two and a half, three years. She got the dance down. She's something different that was in Cosmic Angels with the you know the hard hitting, the sliding lariats. She's been getting a lot more serious. She basically says, "Yes, I want to join Cosmic Angels. I got the dance down. I did this. I did that." And then Tam's like, "No, you need to drop. I think it was like ten or twenty kilograms. Like you need to." Now, if that's one thing that like where Yuna was like, "You know what? I want to drop weight because I want to get into better shape. Let's use it as an angle." That's fine. Again, I'm all for people bettering themselves each and every day. But the fact that like Tam and Natsupoy were kind of poking fun at Yuna, be honest with you, brother. I'm the biggest Meltier fan in the world, as you know. I do not particularly care for the way that they went about it. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, there is a stark difference between getting in shape and effectively body shaming, um, which I, I, I don't agree with at all. Um, I think Yuna Mizumori did extremely well um, in this match. I think she's a good fit for Cosmic Angels. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really know where we're going here with this. Um, and I know sort of Cosmic Angels has always been about being cute and you know whatever. But you know, I think we're past body shaming now. We've it's, stunk very much of piggy james um and you know i'm i'm speaking as someone whose body resembles a bin bag full of watermelons like i am not an in shape guy and you know to have someone who you know unimus mori is not overweight you know if she wants to get in more shape more power to her but there is a difference between that and having your weight mocked in a program now obviously no, not obviously. I I don't agree with it. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say there. No, it's it it's wrong. It shouldn't be done like this. Hopefully, they rejig the angle a little bit to make it more body positive or to make it more uh, to make it more palatable than just yeah. There's a weight threshold for cosmic angels. Like no, no, that's ridiculous. We're we're not going down this route. Um, and it did sort of overshadow the match a little bit as well, which is a shame. Yeah, again, it's, you know, I'm obviously a very, very positive person. And again, I'm very big on all wrestlers in stardom. And, you know, obviously, Tam Natsupoy, Meltier, you know, two of my, uh, my my favorites. So I kind of thought that I just needed to point that out, that I did not care for it all. And yeah, maybe they do kind of uh, reshape the, uh, well, I mean, the kind of lack of a better term, reshape the angle where they get something more positive out of it. Again, maybe this is something where Yuna's like, you know what, I'm going to get into fantastic shape because there's going to be more eyes on me as I'm, I... I'm 90% sure that by the end of the summer, she'll be a full-fledged member of Cosmic Angels. Mm. Again, she fits in well. Maybe that's just something that she's like, you know, there's going to be more eyes on me. I'm going to be wrestling on bigger shows on, you know, the you know the second biggest wrestling company in Japan, Stardom. So this is what I'm going to do. And maybe they're just turning an angle out of it. I'm fine with that. But the way that, like, Tam and Natsupoi, especially Tam, went about it, um, 
yeah so that's it i just kind of just want to say my two cents and uh say that i absolutely did not like that and body shaming is uh you know completely unacceptable in my world completely agree completely agree um but Semi-main then, and I know you were very, very high on this match. Azumi Saikamatani and Yutami versus Meisera Sayori Anu and Suzu Suzuki. Yeah, this was uh, this was fantastic. Again, you have Saya, Azumi, and Yutami, uh, you know, the uh, the A-team of, uh, of Queen's Quest. And Sayori Anu, uh, you mentioned it a few minutes ago, she was pretty much the MVP on these three shows. Suzu Suzuki is fantastic, and Meisera, who basically was inactive for the better part of two years, just comes out of nowhere. Like, you know what? I'm going to come back out of kind of semi-retirement. Can you please put me on the biggest show in stardom history? And then, oh, by the way, I'm going to pretty much be the heir apparent of the uh, high-speed division for the next year or so. Uh, It's kind of just like, yeah, sure, because our roster is not stacked enough. But, yeah, this was really, really good. Um, Again, when you see these multi-person matches, you'll see a segment or a a minute or two between two people. Then you're like, I didn't know I needed that match. Now I do. Azumi versus Suzu Suzuki is the match I didn't know that I needed, and now I really, really want to see it, Rob. That's the sort of match that could be perfect as the main event of a five-star show. Absolutely. Agree. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously, you know, with the roster that we've got in the five-star, we are due some absolute bangers. And though I don't think Suzu Suzuki will win the tournament, um, you know, maybe in the future, she's certainly pegged as a future star of stardom. Um, I don't think she wins it this time. I'll be very, well, let's not say I don't think because stardom <laughs> have proved again and again and again that they are willing to do absolutely ludicrous things. Um, but I'd be very, very surprised if she does it this time. Yeah, again, a solid match. Again, the uh, the Aphrodite team did a great job coming together here. Uh, Suzu Suzuki was fantastic. Like you said, Soryu knew excellent, really good stuff. Some really good spots uh, with the uh, Soryu knew and Sayakamitani and the uh, the match uh, previous to this too. They have some really really good chemistry. And I don't think no matter where you shake up any of the blocks on uh, this year's five star, there's going to be a whole bunch of can't misses, if not like a hundred percent of like can't misses. And I fully uh, suspect that usually usually rabbits, you know. After the first match of a pay-per-view, they always have some sort of announcement. I'm assuming on Sunday after the first match, we're going to get the blocks announced. That's my prediction. And I'll bet you a beer on that, good sir. But uh, yes, this was terrific. The only problem is it only went 15 minutes, and I wish it went, I wish it went 50. Uh, three and three-fourth stars for me, good sir. Yeah, exactly the same again. Three and three-quarter stars. Obviously, we joke about time limit draws and, you know, Hartman's massive propensity to just book a time limit just for the sake of it but i thought it worked here really well um you know all six women looked really 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 good um sayakamitani and suri and it was the is the pairing that i came out thinking i would quite happily watch them wrestle just a singles match for for 15 minutes on a corican show I, I don't care there doesn't even have to be stakes i think these two could do really good things together and again i've mentioned it before siri knew was my mvp on these three shows i thought she was massively massively impressive and i'm looking forward to seeing uh seeing more of it on stardom cards going forward because i could i can see i can see a white belt reign in her future quite easily she just I don't know why, but she gives me Yuzuki Aikawa vibes. 
And I'd, Ooh, like yeah, that's very good if they're a partner. I think good, she, good she, call. She's better in ring. I will. I will just say that Sayorina is better in ring than Yuzuki Aikawa was, but she just gives me that vibe, and I can't explain it. And people are probably screaming into their mics or their headphones now, going, "Rob, you're an idiot," and I am. But like, I I don't know. There's just something I can't shake with that with that comparison, and I do feel like she could be like the centerpiece of stardom in that main event scene if they give her the time. Um, the main event then match a uh, match. The main event match then Matt. Well, this was this was uh, crazy to say the least. Uh, it just seems like when you have these pairings, they put them in a main event on these quote unquote road two shows. You know, you're gonna see something crazy. And uh, it started out with like a mini match, and then we had almost as if like a Wedo type booked the match. Like, yeah, by the way, just just brawl all over the building, and they even tease Koguma jumping from the balcony. I was like, is she gonna jump off the balcony? And then I think you see like Tekla and Julia behind her. I'm like, no, nah, they're gonna pull her down. But the fact that they like even tease that, I'm like. What are you doing? Like the fact that they 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 made all three they made three wrestlers go all the way up to the second floor just to do nothing, but yet I was still entertained by it. I thought that was terrific, and uh, for me the uh, the main crux of this match was the absolute utter violence between Mike and Saida. Again, we uh, this th- we may rename the show to the Stardom Cast slash the Saida Appreciation Show because Saida is just fantastic, and she really really looked good here. But of course, the shock of nobody. She eats the Mijinoku driver uh, from Micah, takes the pinfall. But after they did a really good job, her and Julia, Micah and Julia gave Saeed a lot in this match to really shine her up, then to beat her towards to the finish, which again, say on the show all the time, partner, if you basically just squash somebody and then pin them, who'd you really beat? You didn't beat anybody. So Saeed, who's very, very capable, but you have Micah, somebody who they're heavily pushing, and Julia, who's been a main eventer in stardom, um, you know, for the better part of three years, they did a really good job pushing her and making her look really good to the end, and then uh, just doing the uh, the honorable thing of beating her. But uh, yeah, this main event was great. Boy, it sure was crazy, wasn't it? Good God! I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you even say to that? Yeah, it it was mental. Um, obviously, they're sort of prepping for what will be an absolutely insane cage match. Um, you know, Kagama's going to jump off something stupid. Hazuki's going to do something stupid. Mayu is probably going to end up like, Lord knows. Lord only knows. She's probably going to end up doing a moonsault off the lighting rig or something ridiculous, something crazy. Um, they are planting those seeds for that match. You know, they teased Kagama coming off the uh, coming off the balcony. You know, just to sow those seeds as to, yeah, she's not going to do it here, but you wait till there's a cage. Um and sort of all bets are off there. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the likes of Tekla take on Mayu and Tekla and Hazuki because I think they've got really quick chemistry. And then, of course, you've got Julia and Hazuki who have got tremendous chemistry and just beat seven shades out of each other. And it's always really, really fun. Um, My only real complaint is that in that cage match, we haven't got Micah. Um, which I would have liked to have seen, but I feel like that's a fairly small criticism, to be perfectly honest. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how someone like a May Sakurai deals with the added brutality of a cage, because this Hope is she does. God, I'm sorry. You finish. I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to keep <laughs> talking so that you don't say that you wanted to do the elbow drop off the top of the cage. <laughs> okay, um... I don't need to talk. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um. Just because, you know, she's improved massively. We've said that. We've said this before. You know, she's embracing this ladyship gimmick. But a cage match is something completely different. She's never done one before. Um, 
So how is she going to cope in this far more brutal and severe, let's say, um, setting? I'm uh, I'm intrigued to see how she does for that reason. Um, not for any sort of, you know, well, I hope she fails reason. No, of course not. I'm just intrigued to see how she goes in this match as part of her ongoing development. Um, I think Julia will just hurt people because that's what Julia does. And it's best Julia, if we're perfectly honest. We just like seeing brawling Julia. So she's going to be in our absolute element in this. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this match, Matt. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be uh, all sorts of absolute crazy. So, um, well, I guess that, now if there's anything else to talk about, I guess let's, let's, let's get to the main crux of the show, sir. Let's preview this um, pretty well-loaded pay-per-view we have coming up this weekend. Absolutely. So this weekend, the 25th of June, Sunday, Stardom Sunshine 2023 from Yuyogi National Stadium, second gymnasium in Tokyo. There are some sold out tickets, but there are still seats remaining. Uh, there are still front row VIP seats remaining. There are still some remaining seats around the arena floor. Um, there's, um, I think, Arena B are sold out. Arena stage seats are sold out. Um, but there are still limited numbers in the women only seats. Um, in the under 25 seats, they're all sold out. So hopefully. They can get a little bit of a push on to really sell those tickets out before this show. Um, so, in no particular order, um, let's start with our six-woman tag match. Now, there's nothing announced so far as a pre-show match. So, uh, maybe there will be, maybe there won't be, um, but there's no rumble or anything. So, uh, our opening six-woman tag is the stars team of Hanan, Sayurida and Momokogo, taking on Wakasuki Armor, Yuna Mizumori, and Aya Sakura. Now, I know what everyone's thinking. Um, Sayurida's in this match, so she's going to take the pinfall. But, but, I've got a feeling this is a Stars victory waiting to happen. Um, as good as Wakasuki Armor is and as improved as she is now that she's got a couple of wins under her belt, as much as they're going to push Yuna Mizumori as she attempts to meet the unfortunate weight threshold that Cosmic Angels apparently now has instigated. You have also got Aya Sakura, who is a rookie, and she is going to be eating the pin. The only question is, who is going to be pinning her? And in my opinion, it's going to be Hannah. Yeah, there it is, folks. You said it. Yeah, Hanan is going to get the win here. She's going into the five-star. I think she gets the win here to open up the show, if this is what they open up with. And the Stars team is very intriguing because you have the Wingori team, which me and you are huge fans of. And then Momokogo, who basically stole the show at the uh, New Japan show in L.A., you know, a few months ago. So and they're doing a really good job kind of putting an extra spotlight on her. Uh, Aya Sakura is somebody that has proved improved uh, so much, and obviously she's a rookie, but each and every outing you can see that she's getting a little bit better each and every time, which puts a smile on my face. Waka's Waka, she's lovable. Everybody loves her, and uh, we just talked about how great Yuna has been the last two or three months. I think this will be a good way to open the show if this is what they open with, but I have Hanan getting the pin over Yuna with probably the backdrop driver or the Hanan special. We move on then to a passion injection match with Nanai Takahashi taking on Hanako. Um, Hanako was certainly, um, for me at least, the um, the more solid 
in-ring of the new rookies. Obviously, we're still waiting for the debut of the third one, whose name unfortunately escapes me, but I know that she was injured and she was supposed to be taking on Hazuki at one of the New Blood shows. Um, but here, um, obviously with the passion injection matches, we've put over this type of match and how Nanai has been bringing out people's best matches. Um, I have no doubt that in Hanako's short career, this will be her standout singles match, at least for now. But there is not a frozen pizza's chance in hell of, her lo- of Nanai losing this match. I think it goes eight, nine minutes. I think Hanako puts on a show. But ultimately, Nanai is going to win relatively handily here. Rob, we've only done this once on the show on the year and a half that we've been together. And I say we do it twice. Double lock, guarantee, Nanai wins. I would argue it's probably the most guaranteed thing on any stardom show this year that Nanai Takahashi you know, who may or may not have a reputation of being a backstage, uh, backstage politicker, is going to be the winless rookie. That, that is my thought. Now, here's bonus points, sir. More than likely, I'll be watching the show live as it happens. Okay. Does, does Nanai keep the streak up of waking up my cat with the loud <laughs> screaming at 4, 4.30 in the morning? <laughs> One billion percent keep keep your cats locked away ladies and gentlemen and i takahashi's about um we then move on to a very different proposition in a singles match between god's eyes Suri and xena of club venus um as improved as xena is um and as well as she's done in ring, um, I think the more she's wrestled, the more acclimatized she's become to the stardom style, to Japanese wrestling as a whole. Um, I would argue this is probably the second biggest lock of the show is that Suri is winning this match. Um, you know, Club Venus is the you know the new hot thing in stardom, and I certainly think that they're going to get a win higher up on the card, but I just don't see. Xena, who is effectively third on the totem pole for Club Venus. I do not see her beating former Red Belt champ and God's Eye leader, Siori. No, but this is going to be a fun match. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, this isn't one that needs to go 10, 11 minutes. They can go like six, seven minutes and just meet in the middle of the ring and just start trading blows left and right. And then Sherry hits a buzzsaw kick and then like locks in a double wrist lock for a tap out. I don't need much in this in this uh, match, Rob. I just want to see these two just beat the crap out of each other for a few minutes, and then have Sherry do something cool at the end. But I think this is going to be one that this you know it's not going to be like you know four stars, four and a quarter stars. But I think this is going to be one that I'm going to be really, really satisfied with because I like hard hitting wrestling, and that's what these two are known for. You're a simple man of simple pleasures, and that's absolutely fine. We <laughs> you know that's what we all want. Um, we get into the top part of this card in the final four matches and we have a six woman tag match with the team of Mike and May Sarah and Suzu Suzuki who of course have been teaming a lot on the road to this pay-per-view taking on the team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoi and Kairi. Um, this is a really really intriguing matchup um, for many many reasons. Um, obviously Kairi's um, alignment with Cosmic Angels um, you've also got the trio of Micah, Suzuki, Meisera. What's their relationship going to be moving forward? Um, and finally, who is going to win? Because 
I do think there's going to be a winner in this match. We've talked about Micah. We've talked about how she's progressed, how she's got that edge, how, you know, she might be looking to emerge from the DDM shadow a little bit. It would not surprise me if Micah pins Natsupoy in this match and challenges Tam for the red belt. Ooh, ooh, that's going to be, first of all, um, awesome, Rob. I just want to say, I think the name of this team should be the Cosmic Pirate Angels, which sounds like a comic book that Jim Starlin uh, would have wrote um, <laughs> back in the 90s. But this is, yeah, it's a very intriguing match. Uh, I you, I was going to say time limit draw on this one, but you have a very good point here that maybe Micah does get the win here, and then we see a Micah-Tam match uh, for the Red Belt somewhere down the road. Um, obviously, we've seen some Suzu Suzuki and Kyrie violence uh, with that restart for his prominence artist match back at all, um, Dream Queen, our All-Star Grand Queendom. So I think you're going to see some more of that here. Mike and Kyrie to me, is going to be an interesting matchup as well because we've seen this crazy aggressive side to Micah over the last two or three months. And Kyrie, you know, Kyrie's Kyrie. She's fantastic. Um, I think just to be different, even though you did a great salesman job on that one, my friend, I think just to be different, I'm going to stick with uh, my time limit draw. You think time limit draw? I mean, to be fair, you could still argue Micah makes the challenge after that. I just feel like there needs to be some sort of challenge for the Red Belt. Obviously, Tam has defended the Red Belt once against Mina Shirakawa. We don't have a Red Belt defense on the horizon heading into the five-star. I think Micah is a perfect pit stop. Um, irrelevant of if you've got Kyrie on the other team. You know, as long as she doesn't take the pinfall, I don't think it's of great consequence. And, you know, we're seeing Kyrie and Suzu Suzuki again, which I'm very, very, very excited about. Um, you've got really cool little matchups there. Like I said, you've got Kyrie and Suzu Suzuki, Micah and Tam Nakano, and then Natsupoy and Maysera doing what high-speed wrestlers do. But I'm thinking Micah pins Natsupoy with the Michinoku driver, challenges Tam, and we get a Red Bell match. Smack dab! in the middle of uh, of the five-star for absolutely no reason. Um, yeah, why not? Because we want to see it. That's the reason. That's <laughs> the reason. Uh, Goddess of Stardom tag title match. The New Eras, Mirai and Amisori taking on the um, team of Mina Shirakawa and Mariah May of Club Venus. Um, we know the story is going to be based around Amisori's leg. You know, we saw it at Corican, where Mina Shirakawa submitted her with the figure four leg leg drop, figure four leg drop, figure draw leg, figure four leg lock. Sorry, it's been a long day. Um, <laughs> something she did as well the last time they wrestled at Corican in a singles match at the five star Grand Prix the previous year. So you can assume that that is going to be the story heading into this match. Mina Shirakawa targeting. Amisori's leg and the story at least for part of this match is going to be can Amisori withstand the barrage to her leg um, I think we should go the whole hog and have her come into this match with strapped up leg just to properly sell it um, I personally would like to see Club Venus take the tag belts here um, you know <laughs> It would be a shame for the new eras who've had an all right title reign, but it's been relatively underwhelming. And I think they were 
it's not their fault. I feel like they were sort of put on the back foot with the way they won the belts and they've been playing catch-up ever since. Obviously, you've got Mirai who won the Cinderella and is going for the white belt the very next week. So I don't think the tag belts need to be involved in that. Um, I think Mina needs a belt. I I personally still stand by the fact that I think it was a I think it was a mistake to take the white belt off her, but I think the tag belts her and Mariah May gives Mariah May something as well because she's been doing really good work. It keeps Club Venus relevant, um, which again is really important because they're your they're your big faction that you're sort of plugging at the moment. Um, overall, I think Club Venus have to win this. I pretty much agree with everything that you said, partner. Um, first of all, do you know that just a few days ago they gave the tag team of Mina Mariah Maya an official team name? I did, but I couldn't remember if it was Gold Rose or Rose Gold, so I didn't want Rose to say Gold. it. <laughs> ah, Rose Gold, buddy. Rose uh, Gold. Okay. You couldn't pronounce figure four leg lock. I'm sure. Oh I'm God. sure our fantastic listeners would have forgiven you. I think once again, just another really cool name for these some of these stardom teams. Um, this one for me is probably the hardest to predict, but I'm going to lean towards uh, Rose Gold winning the championships here. I think that uh, obviously we'll talk about it more uh, next week, or I'll talk about it more next week as you're on vacation as I preview uh, the next pay-per-view because um, we get two pay-per-views in seven days. Um, but I think Mariah uh, is going to be Tam for the white belt. So I think she drops the goddess belt here. And then I think that um, Mariah wins the uh, wonder belt next uh, next week. And then I also think that Ami Sora, even though she doesn't have a belt, you know, she'd be like, well, gee, she just lost the future to Rina, you know, a few months ago. And then she just lost the uh, goddess belt here. I think Ami Sori has a really, really good run in the five star. I don't think she's a block winner, but I think going into like the last night or two, she's still in contention. So I think that's a good way to build her up. But I would not be shocked if this goes either way or if this goes to another time limit draw, Rob. I don't think they'll do two back to back. But if uh, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, the previous match we talked about has a finish and this goes to a time limit draw. But, um, yeah, I'm going to say uh, Mina and Mariah may uh, pick up the win here. Uh, but, again, it's almost like a coin flip for me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be upset if the new era's retained. But I just think it makes a lot of sense to put it on Club Venus. Otherwise, you run the risk of them cooling down and becoming a little bit more irrelevant, which you do not want. Um, we then move on to the two cage matches. We have got first a cage match for the Artist of Stardom Championship. Um, we have got the Barry Barry Bombers, the champions Julia Tekla and May Sakurai taking on the challengers of STC. Stars triple crazy uh, of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki and Koguma. Matt, who do you think? Boy, they uh, it's been hot potatoes with those artist belts since uh, since really the beginning of the year. But I'm going to say that um, the Berry Berry Bombers retain. But I would not be shocked at all to see the Stars trio uh, take the artist belts here. Regardless, this is going to be all sorts of crazy, all sorts of wild. What's the what's the rules now? Last year when they did the um, when they did the trio cage match with Queen's Quest versus uh, this. This trio with Hazuki, Mayu, and Kagama, it was all three members had to leave the cage to win. Is it pinfall or is it the same thing where it's escape the cage? It doesn't say. Um, I'm assuming it's pinfall or submission because I'm looking on the Stardom website at the moment because I thought about that myself. 
and it's got the rule set for the the um, Queen's Quest and the Weather Time match, but it hasn't got one for the Artist of Stardom Championship. So I'm assuming, you know what they say about people who assume. <laughs> um, I'm assuming it's just pinfall or submission. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Either way, I imagine it's going to be complete nonsense. Um, Maya Wibutani is going to do something stupid, um, despite the fact that she was pretty much pushed into this match by Hazuki and uh, Kagama, which really made me laugh, especially in the press conference where Maya was that scared of the uh, the promise of the cage that she fell over a tablecloth um, and rolled down the stairs. So I don't know if that's the person you want on top of the cage, but uh, that's what we are likely to get. I would put money on us getting a moonsault from the top of the cage from uh, the icon of stardom. If you remember, even at last year's cage match, she didn't want to uh, She didn't want to go. Literally, during the entrance, FWC, Hazuki and Koguma came out first, and then they turned around, and they're like, where's Mayu? And they had a backstage camera where they literally had to drag Mayu back out, which is funny because, like, she's the craziest wrestler, like, ever. So I think it's just kind of funny that it kind of just plays into the awesomeness is that Mayu, that's Mayu. Um, speaking of crazy press conferences, Rob, did you see what Tekla said about her three opponents uh, going into this cage match? I did not. Please enlighten me. <laughs> so basically, the longer the short, and I'm paraphrasing, is Koguma is she's a bear, so she's crazy. And then she said, "Well, we all know Hazuki is a little prick." And I was like, "What? Whoa! Where did that, where did that Whoa! Come yeah, I'm like, where did that come? Obviously, that's Tekla's new. Guy. It seems like these DDM members, they all have these new gimmicks with them on the mic. Where you know, obviously, May Sakurai is all about you know the ladyship and being beautiful and this, that, and the other thing. Where Tekla's just gonna basically call you out, maybe tell some lies and tell some potty language, uh, and then she says. Mayu, she basically took my SWA belt and then threw it out the window. I was like, oh my goodness, we're really throwing some shade here. I guess ECW Paul Heyman is writing these uh, interview <laughs> segments for, for Tekla. I just thought that was funny with just what she, what she said about all three members. I'm like, man, they really did a good job like fleshing out Tekla, especially her character uh, on the microphone. I just think it's hilarious. But yeah, I think there's going to be all sorts of crazy, but uh, my prediction uh, is a DDM retain here. Yeah, agree. And it wouldn't surprise me if they somehow reference Mayu and Tekla's history with the SWA belt, because ultimately that's exactly what Mayu did. Um, she vacated the title, and it's been vacant ever since, which is uh, ridiculous. But there we are. Um, we've then got our much-talked-about main event, the six women of Queen's Quest, Yutami Hayashista, Azumi, Saikamatani, Miyu Amasaki, Lady C, and Hina taking on the six women of Oedetai, Natsukatora, Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, Saki Kashima, Ruaka, and Rina in a steel cage. Um, this one is an escape rule, and the team that fully escapes from the wire mesh, or the cage, uh, wins. So the last person inside the cage is last. Their team loses, and they are forced to leave their unit. And again, worth pointing out, it does not say that they have to join the rival faction. They just have to leave their own. Um, I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about our predictions for this and little theories that we've got. Matt, I know you've got a couple of theories that you want to throw out there. Yeah, first of all, I'm assuming that all 12 ladies are starting in the cage at the same time. That's 12 people in a ring that there's a cage around. So it's like, 
I'm assuming that's what the start of this is, right? They're not going in like war games order. All 12 are going to be in the, are starting this, this baby off, Rob? There's nothing to say that they aren't. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if you have like a 10 or 12 person tag, but like, that's a lot of people around the ring. But it's like, oh, you can do dives or somebody can step off the apron. No, you're all in a cage. So I wouldn't be shocked in the first like two or three minutes, you see two or three people go over the top rope just to kind of get some people out of the ring so you're avoiding any injury onto some big spots. Um, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to kind of stay with this prediction. I think Utami and Saya are going to be the last two in the cage. Clearly an Awetatai win, but the bigger story would be whoever the last person in the ring is has to leave their faction. Um, that's kind of the theory that I'm sticking with, but I'm going to throw another theory out. But again, I'm sticking with Awetatai wins, but it's going to be Utami and Saya. They're going to have to battle it out to see who stays in Queen's Quest. And maybe you'll see, you know, Suzu or Micah or Sorianu or somebody come down to aid somebody into uh, either leaving the cage or staying in the cage or, or who knows. I don't know. I think there's going to be a big, big to do. I think this match will be once it kind of clears out. Um, I think it'll be a really, really good match, but very much like um, when they did the uh, loser leaves um, the our loser has to, or not, not the loser, excuse me. If Momo loses, she has to join uh, a widow tie and Starlight kid loses. She has to unmask. If you go back and watch it, that's a really, really good match. But nobody talks about the match quality. It's basically about the angle, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, at the end and afterwards. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to be um, talking about here, Rob. Again, my official prediction is Utami and Saya are going to be the last two in the cage. And that uh, Utami is going to beat up Saya and she's going to leave the cage. And Saya is going to have to leave Queen's Quest. That is my official prediction. Now, Rob, as you know, and some of our longtime listeners know, I do not have one single favorite wrestler in current stardom i i pull for everybody i want to see everybody do good i want to see the company do better uh, get more eyes on the product as i always say this is the best in my opinion wrestling company in the world however i make no bones about who is my favorite faction not only in stardom but in wrestling and maybe even all time like queen's quest is up there with like the nwo and the four horsemen as like my favorite wrestling faction of all time and if either saya utami or Azumi have to leave Queen's Quest. Folks, this might be my last podcast. I might just, I might not be able to recover. I will try to be as professional as I can be to try to recover from the absolute sheer heartbreak that I might be going through Sunday morning. Um, now, Rob, you tell me if I'm, well, I am crazy, you know that, but you tell me, I'm kind of looking at this from a different angle here. And maybe I'm a little crazy because of my love from Queen's Quest. You take a look at all 12 of these ladies in the ring here, all 12 of these fantastic competitors. Who has the most to gain by losing and going to kind of do their own thing? Is it Utami? Is it Asaya? Is it Azumi? Possibly. But another angle I'm kind of looking at is this person's kind of already a baby face. They just need that extra little shove. What if it's Starlight Kid? What if this is the way, and she's got that passing injection match with Nanai, and what if in that match she just kind of rolls over Nanai, like has like 60, 70% of the match, and basically this is the start of Starlight Kid's baby face turn. Now, if you do remember, Rob, you wrote about it in your book, um, you know, I'll plug it again if you want me to, but when she officially left Stars to stay with the Widow Tai, she did mention to Mayu that she wanted to surpass Mayu. You're not going to be on the same level of surpassing Mayu if you're not the leader of your own faction. And technically, I guess Tor is still the leader of a Wedotai. 
what if this new faction that's been kind of teased with uh, with Suzu Suzuki, May Sarah, and Micah, what if Starlight Kid is the leader of that faction? And that's where we see the huge, huge ascend of one Starlight Kid. I think that might be a possibility. I mean, it could be. You could do that, have Starlight Kid win the five-star and then be in that main event at Dream Queendom. I'm certainly saying not saying that that wouldn't happen. Um, I mean, we've been sort of railroaded into thinking that this is going to be the end of Queen's Quest as we know it. And we know that Stardom are not above throwing huge curveballs. See the main event of the double title match, for example. But it wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past Stardom to have it affect Oeditai. Um I honestly don't know. I honestly do not know where they are going with this. Um, I think there was a shot of Utami on her own in the center of the ring when they did the elimination tag on the show from the 11th of June. Um, Oeditai have left. They're all laughing. Queen's Quest have left, and she is left alone in the center of the ring. I think this is going to be a redemption arc for Utami. I think go all in. Utami leaves Queen's Quest because of this. And I think she begins her own faction. Or she doesn't even have to begin her own faction. She can go out on her own. Wins the five star. Wins back the red belt. That could potentially be the story of Utami. Sort of redeeming herself from all these you know, supposed losses and, you know, people's doubt in her and the fact that Queen's Quest have lost faith in her and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think that could be a real redemption arc for Utami, especially if it's Sayaka Matani who gets out of the cage before her, um, forcing her to leave. And then you have got that ready-made final of the five-star. Saya wins her block, Utami wins hers, and then you've got that final in the five-star going forward. There's a lot of different ways you can go with it. I'm going to go with that one just to be different. Um, but honestly, I can see everyone from Utami to Rina leaving their faction at this point. We'll see, buddy. Should be should be interesting to say the least. Absolutely. And what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to stop it there because somehow we've gone two hours again. Um, but we will be back well more specifically Matt will be back next week I am off on my holidays um, so I will not be able to do our review of Stardom Sunshine but I will be watching the show because there's no way you can't watch this show because it'll affect the very landscape of Stardom so I'm looking forward to but next week Matt will be previewing Midsummer Champions which is the next pay-per-view we haven't talked about that yet the fact that there are back-to-back pay-per-views this week uh, these next two weeks thanks for that Stardom um so Matt will be reviewing Stardom in Sunshine or Stardom Sunshine don't know why I keep calling it Stardom in Sunshine um going through any sounds it sounds better buddy good for you they should hire you thank you very much (laughs) appreciate it buddy um going through any remaining shows that go up onto Stardom World and previewing Midsummer Champions which of course at the moment is main evented by Tam Nakano versus Mirai for that white 
belt. Um, thank you guys for sticking with us. Thank you guys for listening. If you're new around here, thank you very much. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already, think about leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. It really does help the podcast out. Leave us a proper typed out review as well if you're feeling extra nice that would be even better we'd be forever indebted to you um check out our patreon www.patreon.com forward slash the starting cast for lots of extra bonus content and merchandise uh check out the website www.thestardomcast.com for all our archived podcast episodes you can check out our match guide you can check out all the history on stardom and past champions and all the tournament statistics and all that jazz go and check that out there you can find us on social media at the stardom cast and if you want to you can talk to me on twitter at, at real rob goodwin matt signs off good sir Absolutely, folks. This uh, actually uh, later on today, I will be filming a podcast uh, called The Talk of the Ring Show. What I'll do is I will post it all over my social medias. Uh, if it is not there after a few days, that means I absolutely stunk it up and don't want you to hear it. But uh, more than likely, I think I'll do okay. It's me talking about wrestling, so I should be okay on that. So please check that out uh, when I post it. If you want to get a hold of me, folks, questions, comments, uh, anything that I can do for you, please let me know. Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and the Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me there. If you want to drop me an email, that is perfectly fine. The Stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me uh, via the email. Once again, folks, we cannot say thank you enough for the fantastic support we see day in and day out. It really, really helps us out and helps us put out a better uh, product because that's what you deserve. Um, like I always say, folks, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all this together. Everybody's different. Everybody's special. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.